iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jimmy Fallon and Questlove. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is awesome. Hey, how are you doing? We just normally do this. We just come to the Apple Store and just hang out and talk. And talk in front of people, right? I know, yeah. Well, usually, yeah, it's not in front of people. It's whoever wants to come. Right. We just do it all. We just do it every, every Thursday night. So, how are you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> it's pretty good. Am man. I interviewing you? Or are we just having a conversation? Are we goldfish inside of a bowl? Or? Yeah, well, I think it's, that's what it is. I think okay. we, just, we just have a conversation, I guess. I wrote out, I wrote out some questions, too. Yeah, I planned mine. Moments too. Oh, good. You want to ask? You want to ask me some stuff? Okay. Uh, you guys know my friend Jimmy, right? <laughs> that's that's how you received this man. Yeah. Come on, good morning. <laughs> how you doing? I'm Jimmy. Nice to see you. All right. Good luck. Hey. Thank you. That makes me look good. That's my boss right there. So. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, let's see. This does feel like in the actor's studio, right? It's like, weird. Yeah, to, absolutely. Yeah. I have to ask you a deep question. Okay. Okay. Can I get a raise? No, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, this is what I do want to know. Now, of course, you know, everyone knows that you're from Saturday Night Live. You're from a very classic era of Saturday Night Live. How much different, and this is coming from a person that is at 30 Rock every day, and I, I'm actually shocked that I don't see them prepare as much as we do. I, I mean, I know we're a nightly show, but I would think that, uh, you know, it would be Monday through Monday, you know, the 24-hour preparation for... How, how much of a difference is it, intense-wise, uh, to do your show now as opposed to doing SNL? Yeah, I, I, I think... I, SNL, the way it is, it's, it's just the way it's been since 75, you know, or, uh, you know, it's just like uh, you go in... The, you meet the host on Monday, they pitch ideas, and then um, Tuesday night is writing night, so everyone stays overnight Tuesday night and writes. Wednesday, have a read-through with like 50 sketches. They literally stay overnight? Or? I, we used to, yeah. Like, we're not on my cast. I don't know if they do anymore, but Horatio and like... Just crash on the couch and... On the floor and on the couch and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Tina Fey would just stay over all, all the time. She just had like, she had like pillows in her office so she could take a nap and stuff. Uh, and then... And then Wednesday, you read through all the sketches. Thursday, you, you block the sketches with the camera and a director. And then uh, you do that Friday as well. And then Saturday is just you do, a, you do a blocking in the afternoon, a dress rehearsal at 8 o'clock with the audience. Then you cut the sketches and whatever the best of that day you air Saturday night. How do they break the news to you if your sketch doesn't make it? <laughs> yeah, that, that always sucks. That's never fun. That's is that. it real cold or is it like a slow... Do you like wonder afterwards, like, well... If I just changed one punchline, you think that would have made a difference, or? Yeah, I, well, totally. And the, sometimes it's a, it's a position of where you where you do the sketch, like where like if they put there was this one area we called like the cemetery, and if right. your sketch was blocked in the cemetery, you're probably not going to go to air, because it's just like it's just so far away from the audience that the, the crowd can barely see. I think that's actually where cowbell we did cowbell. That was in the cemetery. Oh, they thought it was going to be a death sketch. Yeah, it wasn't fun that funny, and dress rehearsal was just just off. It wasn't. It, was, it just wasn't working that well. And then and then when we went to air, because it did make it, but it was on like it was on late after midnight. 
and I think and Will Ferrell changed his shirt to a, a tighter, smaller shirt. Right. And 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 then Christopher Walken was on fire on air. Like he could not he could not miss. And he was just like poof, poof, like I got a fever. Like he was just going out nailing the lines and it was like, oh my God. And I, that then it became like an awesome sketch and we were in that awful area, but it ended up working on air. Much better than it did in dress. Well, so the Blue Oyster Cold Cowbell sketch was going to be on the uh, the slaughtering yeah, that rack. Wasn't, and that wasn't even supposed to be. It wound up being a, a historical staple. It's a classic, yeah. Uh, Never knew that. Let me ask you some questions, too. Yes, sir. Uh, are you having fun doing this? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. Absolutely. Like, I, I was thinking about... I think my first month at on the Fallon show, I was, I was trying to figure out when the autopilot would kick in. Um, but it, it's never gotten to that point yet because, you know, I think that the the the, the synergy of hey AJ, stop playing. <laughs> it's AJ from Extra. I know. I see. Oh my god. <laughs> he was that bouncing back there. Um, funny, how are you? The 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 synergy. Uh, between the writers and the production staff, I mean, it's so airtight that it really doesn't allow you any moment of any type of boredom or relaxation because, you know, I mean, people still enjoy and value their job. I think at the point when you start phoning in from home and the day, the day that I get the call that, uh, we've done liquor for Tim before, you know the routine. We don't have to come and rehearse it or whatever. Like, then that's when I'm going to start to worry because, you know, yeah, the day point. that happens, then I'll worry. But um, it, the, I think in the beginning, in our heads, um, for those that aren't familiar with the history of The Roots before the Fallon show, um, I guess the way to describe us was that we were the hip-hop version of either Fish or The Grateful Dead. Um, we've been in existence since 1992, and I'll say that on an average, we've done about 200 shows a year since 1992, which is really weird for a group that, um, I guess, uh, well, we've st two of our records have, have, have gone platinum since. But, um, I mean, I'd still consider us relatively underground, even though, you know, we have some sort of accolades that say otherwise. But um, to do 200 shows a year um, in your 17th year is sort of taxing. So as a result, um, I guess uh, we thought that taking this job would be a, a quasi-retirement because an, an average day for the roots in say 2002 would have been like uh, a gig in Jersey and then matter of fact I'll, I'll tell you exactly what our schedule was five days ago just as an example we left his set on a Friday went to Tokyo the next day Tokyo. on Saturday not Jersey you no, went to we Tokyo went, we flew straight to Tokyo yeah. one time we flew from your set all the way to Royal Albert Hall in London Thank went you. on stage in the suits from the show and from the show, like we just got off the plane, went straight to uh, to the stage. But um, we flew to Tokyo uh, for five days, which if you if you know, for those that have been out the country, you need at least two days to at least catch up with the time over there. So for us to only have one day of 
of sleep catch up time was it it could have been a disaster but we're just machines like that so from new york to tokyo then we flew back four days later to washington dc and then 18 hours later we flew to los angeles and then a day later we flew to vancouver oh yeah well rehearsal rehearsal. rehearsal for the image awards then we flew to vancouver for the olympics then we flew back to la for the uh image awards and then we got on a red eye to go to Lake City Jersey. to do a show with Connie. Finally, Jersey. That's where they ended up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, Jersey through Tokyo. So if you multiply that, if you just spread that out from 1992 to, to 2009, that has been our lives for the last 16, 17. So we kind of thought that doing this show would be a breeze. but um, Or at least like, okay, we can relax and not have to work as hard. But... What we didn't count on was the, all the opportunities and the doors that have opened as a result of being on the show, um, which has gotten us five times the exposure. So it's like it would be foolish for us to not explore our options. So this is actually this is the, probably the most exciting time of my life. Like I feel like a brand new artist all of a sudden. So. I know it took 25 minutes to answer that question. But no, that's good. Yes, I like I'm that. having fun. So the other question I was going to ask too is uh, the, the the question I got for the first eight months of the show, or even now, is how did you get the roots? <laughs> <laughs> they go, how did you get the roots? And I'm like, maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, but how did we I, get? You? I explain it the way I always explain it is for those that have seen Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. There's a the final scene where it's called the Mexican standoff where four people have guns on each other and you know eventually they all shoot and sort of domino theory they all fall um, I explained that method of how we got the gig uh, based on I guess you once we accepted the offer you guys were like well are you serious and and we were like, yeah, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you, you know, like no one was taking each other serious because there really wasn't a precedent for an established group. Usually late night shows are nondescript musicians that are auditioned and they come together. They were never banned before. And, you know, they provide the background. So never has there been a super established group that suddenly... Uh, you know, is a house band for a late night show. Um, I guess we can sort of say Neil Brennan of the Chappelle Show was the one that brought it to my attention. Neil Brennan is Dave Chappelle's writing partner and the co-creator of the Chappelle Show, aka the the white guy. Um, That's his name. He, uh, I guess, did you? At yeah. one point, consider him for direction, or yeah, I was considering him for the uh, producer of executive producer, yeah, okay. under Lauren to have Neil Brennan. And I was uh-huh. like, so I was just picking his brain about. So I was like, uh, this is you know Shoemaker and Neil, right? And so I was like, uh, so I asked Neil Brennan if he would do it, and he was like, he's like, ah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick stick with directing. He's just he want, he directed uh, Live Hard and so uh, Live the yeah, Goods, the Goods, right? The Goods. Say uh, the rest of the title. Yeah. Uh, live, live hard, sell hard. Yes, live yeah, hard, yeah. sell hard. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really funny guy, and I was like, he's like, who are you gonna get for your house band? I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about. I, I, I'm just thinking. I'm all over the place. I don't even know who I was actually thinking. See, of. I would have thought like the Dap Kings, or you know, like the, the, you know, 
they were on fire with the the Winehouse record. At yeah, that point. Ronson, Mark Ronson. Yeah, <coughs> I, I think I was thinking Dap Kings too, and I was like, he goes, "How about the Roots?" I was like, oh "My God, do you think the Roots would be my house band?" And he was like, "I don't know if they would, but they might know somebody <laughs> who would." I was like, "Oh, whatever." And so, uh, so then I remember I sent Richard. This is my story, and maybe tell me if I'm because sometimes I tell stories so much that and if it's not true, I end up believing my own lies. But uh, I, I sent Richard an email. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, dude, I, I'd love to uh, talk about maybe having, I'm, I'm hosting a talk show and I wonder if The Roots would possibly consider being a house band or uh, anything, or if you want to just ask Questlove if you would think about it or what, you know, what are your thoughts? And I didn't hear back for like three, mo- three months. And I was like, we were I considering could, it. I could take a no. <laughs> I could take a no. Yeah, we were, we were considering it. Um, I think at that point, uh, our, our touring schedule was getting ridiculous. Now, it's one thing when you're, you know, again, we started in 92, so I sort of see that, like, fresh out of high school. Like, I dropped out of college to get a record deal, and, you know, we, we were just, like, we were just absolute nomads on the road. We literally lived in Europe for about a year and a half. Like, we stole our budget money, got an apartment in London, and toured all of Europe, and never turned back and actually lived there. So it's one thing when you don't have a care in the world and you're in your early 20s, but it's a whole nother thing when all of a sudden you're in your 30s and you know, you, you're now in a domesticated situation, you have kids. Well, I mean, it was babies then, but now like it's football practice and it's ballet recitals and it's, you know, like, you know, Kamal is the ultimate soccer pop, you know, he coaches his son's football team and his wrestling career and all that stuff. And it's hard to do when you're on the road 200 days. Yeah, so, you know, we were trying to figure out, like, what's our option? Like, what's our version of Las Vegas? And <laughs> besides going to Las Vegas, like, I mean, there could be Atlantic City or whatever, but we just couldn't think of... Branson. Questlove Theater, yeah, next yeah, to Dollywood. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... um when this came at us, uh, this seemed like, not seemed like it, like it was a compromise, but it, it was like a, a godsend because none of us saw it coming. You know, none yeah. of none of us saw it coming whatsoever. So it was cool, and I remember, like, I, I remember that. So we just started doing the show, and like, uh, I think some NBC people were like, uh, "Are you sure they're not too too urban?" Uh, yeah. I could tell. I could tell you guys were testing us the first, like the first two weeks. Like, we we actually knew this was going to happen, and I said, okay, well, if if my instincts are correct, I probably assume that, you know, they've heard that we had a a a great live show, but you know, they probably see us as a rap group, like Stigma, the rap group, not like how I see like oh, art form rap group, hip hop group. Yeah. No, I figured like, okay, they probably see us as a rap group, and what if we're in a situation in which we have to sh- show some sort of range, or something like? How big is our vocabulary? And um, you know, I figured that you guys would invent some sort of litmus test to see how versatile we were, and then uh, day three. You guys threw us a uh, curveball, like we had to do uh, Hickens's. Uh, what was it like his Andrew Lloyd Webber esque uh, 
Broadway sketch or something. Like, it was something out. But the way you guys asked is so casual. Like, yeah, um, we're going to do a Broadway Andrew Lloyd Webber sketch, and here's your parts, and here's your parts, and uh, we'll be ready in a half hour. And meanwhile, we're like, whoever gave us the sketch, we're like looking like behind their back, like, yeah, right. They, they, we're going to kill this. And, you know, we passed that test. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then came the freestyle with the roots. And then came the freestyle with the roots. Uh, freestyle with the roots with people I don't feel, know. I feel that that was our... Oh. That was our end. I remember Lauren, Lauren coming because we, we have a week of test shows where, because I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know how to host a talk show, and I'm just sitting there, and uh, and so I'm just like, uh, you know, uh, practicing. Uh, what do you got? Abby Elliott and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, and uh, it's just like different people were just doing favors and test shows. So I remember we were doing that, and and Lauren was like, was like, well, if you like these guys, like you know, like I, I know I've heard, I know the name, I know I think I've seen them play, but I don't really know them that well. And the first show, he just like looked at me, he's like. Like yeah, good choice. Yeah. And he was like he was he loves you guys. Well, we all do. Thank you. I appreciate but also, it's like it's a yeah. The show wouldn't be our show without without you guys. But it's like also I didn't know like how, you know, uh, like if you get if we have chemistry if we get along because it's almost like when you get roommates in college. I think you you, you just, don't know who you're getting. We just stuck with the roommate, and you're like, dude, you're my roommate. Like I don't know if I like you. I don't know if I will. I don't know if <laughs> like, I see your poster go up. But I don't know if I like. I don't know if I like The Matrix, but uh, I guess I might have to get into it. But it's like, we kind of hit it off. And like, I know sometimes we get in a weird thing. I'll make a weird reference and you'll be the only person that gets it. And like, I just hear you laughing. I go, ah, oh, dude, it's like, not only is it, uh, you know, you just know every music thing in the whole wide world, but also you're a pop culture uh, Wikipedia, like a human Wikipedia. That's, I think that's, that is also probably the coolest thing about our show. Like, tonight is a very good example of it. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. The Or do I? I think so. Yeah. Um, so we, we had a... There was an orchestration of uh, the California Dream Show that came on after Saved by the Bell. We reunited Everyone California over 30 is like, yes! <laughs> so, yeah, so we surprised the audience tonight, yeah. Yeah, we totally... The, the, yeah, I didn't see it coming, you know. I didn't think that uh, Deech was going to pull it off, but apparently so. Yeah, I um, Deech is this writer from The Onion who works on our show now. Uh, and he, he, he loves Saved by the Bell and he loves California Dreams. And we were going to do the Saved by the Bell reunion. And like, it, like two, of the people, two, of, two of the people were like holding out. And then in the meantime of them holding out, like one of them did, went and did a viral video. And then uh, People Magazine put them on the cover. Right. Reunited. And I was like, kind of took our thunder. We're like, yeah. oh, we don't even care that well, much. Sure, we already no. got Zach. Yeah. So right. I was like, we didn't care. So... So I was like, we got to think of a next move, you know? So then we were like, secret, like, meeting in the bunker going, it's California Dreams. That's genius. And the oh, beauty right. of the show is that we're... Surf dudes without a tune. <laughs> so we got them to come on and play the theme song and play the instruments and sing. With the, well, we had with I, help. Yeah, I think the, the cool thing about the show is that even though we're in our 30s, like, I think everyone, from the producers to all of us are like... It's like that frosted mini weeds convert. Like we're all still thirteen and fourteen year olds inside. Like and it and it shows in our work, you know, and how we still get get excited and we play. I mean, you guys are the most creative. I mean, I, house band is like I just can't even believe I'm saying that. I mean, because it's like you're like a you're like writers as well, because you every everyone that comes on our show, if you've Never seen our show, you should watch it. TiVo it, whatever, watch it in the morning, whatever you, whatever you feel like, if you want to stay up that late. But you will love it. And just every guest that comes out, listen to their music that you hear when they, when they come out. 
because it's their walk-on music. I mean, today we had we had uh, uh, the girl who plays Alice in the new Alice in Wonderland, and yet yeah, Mia, and and she walked out. And to another Alice song. You guys play the theme from Alice. From Alice, from the, the TV 70s. show. <laughs> Linda There's a new girl in town. And she, I was like, oh my God. If anyone gets that, cool. Like, do you care if anyone gets it? I know it goes over a lot of people. Like, in, in, my, in my head, when I'm thinking of a walkover, I'm always thinking about, like, your peanut, like, my peanut gallery is the band. But your peanut gallery is Higgins and Gavin, like all of all of your crew on the side. Yeah. And I feel like if I got those guys, like so I'm always thinking of, okay, the worst. How am I going to get them? How am I going to get them? Explain so. Ashley Simpson. Oh yeah, my my favorite walkover ever is uh, that was unbelievable. Ashley Simpson, because naturally when you when you think of um, her history, you naturally think about the SNL faux pas with the lip singing, but um. We were trying to figure out how to really go subliminal with it. Like for us to, naturally we said, okay, well, we're going to do Millie Vanilli's Girl, You Know It's True. But, but, wait, it wasn't, wait. but it wasn't enough to do Millie Vanilli's Girl, You Know It's True. Um, our guitar player, Kirk, suggested that we do the version that Vanilli, or Rob, told on VH1's Behind the Music, in which he's trying to explain, yes, we were on stage, and then the tape skipped, and it kept saying, girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, you know. So we recreated that. So it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Simpson, and you're, girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl. It went over her head. It went over my head. Everybody, yeah, but everyone got it later, so. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite two is Steve Croft from 60 Minutes came on, and his, his walk-on music was... <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I feel as though that, that's how we'll really make our, our mark in late-night history. Because even, even though Paul Schaefer, and I won't say it awkward, Paul Schaefer invented the walk-on music, you know? I just, I was trying to figure out how to really make my mark. You know, I like snark. Like, I'm, I'm the kid in the back of the class that you know, says an inside joke that only a few people would get or whatever. So, yeah. thus, that's the route I go. Yeah. You know? Now, did you, oh, because I know music is part of your, your family, your dad, Lee Andrews, Lee Andrews right. in the Hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, did you know that you were going to get into music as soon as you were a kid? Um, and why the drums? I guess according to my parents, I, I started uh, when I was two. And... Um, According to them, the doctor that delivered me was also um, studying uh, child psychology. And he told them, he says, look, he's going to want to explore things and I want you to let him do it. So if he wants to play in his spaghetti and make a mess and draw on, on, on the walls and build things with his potatoes or whatever, like let him do it. Which is basically in our my family's household, as in like my cousins and all that. You, know, you don't waste food like that. Like you don't draw on the wall. You would get on punishment for that in any other household. But um, my parents were just, I guess you could say, post. You know, post civil rights, uh, post love generation parents. So they kind of believed in that new way of 
of raising kids and um, I would just beat up the furniture. And I guess when I was three, just to sort of not destroy the coffee table 100%, they brought me a, a, a drum set. <laughs> you were like, yeah, coffee table was the cymbal, couch was the bass drum. Uh, actually, I, I still remember my setup. Uh, <laughs> Your setup. My, uh, no, for real, we had two lamps. So I would set up two uh, lamps as my cymbals. Um, a direct wooden chair would be my uh, snare drum. And then two cushion chairs, like these movie theaters, I turned them around to be my tom-toms. Like, I had a full-fledged drum set made of chairs, pots and pans, and, and oh lamps. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, from, like, yeah, two to five, that's what I was doing. And then they just got me a, a real drum set. I think I was like... Yeah, oh. how did you... I was about to say, like, how, how were you when you knew... Like, how do you go from... You know, funny guy in class. Or like, were you the funniest guy in your class? Or not really? I, I think it was just. I, I mean, if I saw a good joke, I'd go for it. But so, did you start in theater, or like, how did you? My 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 parents wanted. My dad works at IBM, and my mom uh, raised me and my sister. She was the you know she was a, a oh. homemaker, and uh, so I see I, how you got your comic beginnings. No, yeah, <laughs> no. But they wanted me to be uh, my a computer programmer. And they did. Yeah, my like, father too. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, oh, I want to be a comedian. They're like, great, great, great. Just don't major in it. Uh, major in computer science. And uh, yeah, the comedy thing will be great. That's great. You're so funny. That's really good. Don't don't, don't major in it. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Don't. Yeah, we're spending a lot of money. I don't want to go to comedy clown school. And I was like, uh, so right. what did you tell them you wanted to really like? When did you know you were going to jump in the water? I was and 17. My mom heard about an impression contest on the radio uh, at this comedy club, Bananas. Right. Poughkeepsie, Bananas Comedy Club, and it was a, an impression contest, and I used to do impressions do? all the time in my, in my room, my bedroom, like just, and they would probably hear me, you know, probably just So you just the stand floors. there forever and Just in my it? house, yeah. Just to impress my... your friends the next day? No, or? no, I had no friends. It was just me in front of my mirror, just going like, so anyway, you guys go to the movies? I'm like, of course I do, I'm you. Uh, and then uh, I'm my only audience member, uh, but I was just do impressions. I want to be, I would do... Uh, Who'd so you do? I did Bill Cosby. I think everyone did because, but uh, someone gave me a troll doll for my graduation because I was graduating high school. When, and it's a, uh, God, it was, it was the worst gift I've ever gotten. I was like, what do I do with this? It's, you know, the doll with the fuzzy hair. And it had a graduation cap on it. I go, I, thank you. Uh, I put it on my dresser. I don't know. I was like, what do I do? This, I don't have dolls. Uh, and then, uh, so then in this contest, I did different celebrities auditioning for a commercial for uh, 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 troll dolls. So I did like uh, Bill Cosby, and I'm like, "Well, thank you very much. You know, the troll were coming down with the hair, <laughs> and you know, the, you know, you go to lip your dentist, the lip became down, and hey man, you." And then I would go next, and then uh, wait then, a minute, wait, wait, you just uh, no one easily arrives there like that. Like, how did how many hours did it take you to master that? I don't know. I think I, I mean I, hours. I was just sit in my room and just practice over and over again. I, mean, I had all Bill Cosby records. I loved him. He was he's a great comedian, and uh, and I would just do him and as and and Saturday Night Live. I used to tape on reel to reel. I bought. I was a weird kid, and I bought a reel to reel at a garage tape sale. TV. Yeah, a, yeah, a garage too. sale for like five bucks before the VCR. I, yeah, and I walked in. And my parents were like, "You're the weirdest kid. Like, I don't know what are you gonna do with that reel to reel." I'm like. I'm going to tape stuff, so I started taping Steve Martin uh, on Saturday Night Live doing the monologue, or Richard Pryor's monologue. You know, I would just like memorize it and lip sync King Tut and all the stuff. Like, right. I was really into that. So I did this troll doll thing, and I won. 
and it was like 500 bucks. And I was wow. 17, and I did three minutes. So I'm like, 500 bucks for three minutes? This is awesome. Like, I have to do this. This is like a great gig. And then not realizing how tough it is, the, you know, the, the, the road up. But that's where I started, and my parents were supportive. And, and then I started entering talent shows and all that stuff. And I, I remember I ent- after that, I entered just an all-out talent show. And I lost to a girl who played the piano really well. Um, that girl is Alicia Keys. Um, and <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not. I didn't. I was like, really? <laughs> no, no, no. That girl. That girl works in computer science. She's. Uh, <laughs> she no, but I, she was great. She was talented, but I just lost. And I was like, ah, oh. it was a little disheartening. But then that was the road, and I was just booked myself. I would just call a place and like, you need a comedian? Did you have a mentor? Do comedians mentor other comedians or? Not really. They hate other comedians. Yeah, I was about to say every comedian I talk to, especially now in the age of Twitter, like, you know, it's like. Snark here and snark there, and you know it's weird. His take on OJ was horrible, but mine is better. And like, <laughs> it is weird like that. I think comedians are just yeah, they don't, they don't really support. Like, are you guys generally friends? Unless you're in a Saturday Night Live or Groundlings. I or... felt like the more successful the comedian was, the nicer they were. Like when I used to work the clubs, like like uh, Ray Romano is always a nice guy. Adam Sandler's always been nice to me before he knew, before I was on Saturday Night Live and I was just a comedian and I just got to meet him and. He couldn't have been nicer. He's always been nice to me. Um, who else? I mean, there's a lot of dicks. <laughs> but like, the, can you name one person that was like, yeah? No, but like, I, I can say Chuck I have Berry. The Irish, I have the Irish, <laughs> that Irish uh, grudge that I will just hold for the rest of my life. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I will just. Yeah. You can't name one person. Nope. Is, okay, is I there, don't want is, them to know. Is I, there I'm, one person? Like, you don't have to name it, but yeah, is there there's one? Yeah, like two dudes. Really? Yeah, one that are guy. like comic legends. Like, would they ever come I on guess the show? So. Or it, it, do you hold it that much? <laughs> I don't even want to think about this guy. I hate him. Okay, let me just ask. Any of these two people, are they currently active today to the point where they might have to promote their product and have to come on your show? Yep. Has one of them been on the show? Yeah. Wait, one of them has been on the show? One of them's been on the show, but I, I I grew up a little bit, and I'm cool with it now. You, you didn't let them have it? No. Oh, I, I, really I talked nice to him, of you. I talked to him before. The, I talked to him before, and I was like, I just want to let you know that you were a dick to me once. And then he was like, what? And I, I just explained the whole thing, and I was almost in tears because it was bottled up rage. Really? Yeah, and I was like... That's really nice of you, and man. Then, and then and you, I'll never forget that, Yeah. And he was like, you're such a pussy. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, ah, I swear. So then, uh, then he was like, I'm glad you told me that. I never knew that. And I was like, oh. I've like, t every like to show. Open I'm going to watch every show tonight. Like. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you who it is later. But he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a cool dude now. And I'm friends with him now. But it's like the other guy, like, oh. Oh, that's amazing. But I mean, you know, if, if, I think the thing is, too, like, I am growing up. And it's like, I, I realize now, it's like, I don't care. Like, I, like if I'm going to be really worried about, uh, you know, a guy that was mean to me in high school, it's like, I, I, I don't, what's going to get me? It's not going to get me anything to be mean to anybody. Or, so I, I think I'm way over that, and I'm, I'm growing as a person. Right. I'm Jimmy, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Hi. Well, okay, so this is a slight detour. Since we're in the Apple store, um, yeah. I will say that w- probably one of the smartest, brightest things about the show is uh, how user-friendly the show has been to sort of the, the online world or the, the fact that we embrace it so much. I mean, between the staff that, like, during my, uh, the hiatus, this last hiatus in, at the Olympics, 
actually decided to sort of look up the history of everyone. Like, I know everyone as, oh, he works at 30 Rock. But I never knew the history of all your bloggers and all the shows that they hosted. And, like, I was amazed. Sarah like, Schaefer. Yeah, you, you've took the cream of the crop of, like, every area and sort of... This is like really a, a true all-star team. Yeah, so, we have the best bloggers in the whole wide world running late night with Jimmy Fallon.com. Yeah, They're like how, how did... That was... You was know, it a conscious decision like, okay, like I want to make sure that we create viral moments and sort of have... Because you, you have a whole nother life online as opposed to just being, the, you know, as, as opposed to the show. Like well, You never know what's going to get viral when we do our bits. You know, it's like some like we'll do something we'll be like that's so funny. Oh my god, it's great! And then it just flops, and no one cares. They go, that was pretty cool. And then I do like we'll do Neil Young singing "Pants on the Ground," All right? And that just goes everywhere. And you're like, wow, that was the one that did it. It's like or or you know, Zach Morris was a big deal. That was cool. But that it's like, shocked me. That was like our first trending topic really on, trending on Twitter. Topic. It was trending. Yeah, our names were trending. It was just crazy. And it's like that's so exciting. That's like it's just so fun to see how high it can get. But I I remember like like you're on Twitter. You know what it is Gavin Purcell who's our producer, who we got from the G4 network. He produced um, Attack of the Show on the G4 network, which is one of my favorite shows. And I'm like, I'd like to meet with that guy or any of those guys from that show. And I met with him. He had a three-page printout of what he likes about late night talk show, second page, what he hates about late night talk shows, third page, how he would change late night talk shows. And I was really? like, this guy's a genius. And so he really did most of the hiring. We got Sarah Schaefer, who was like, I remember some other blogger came in to do an interview me for, for some other blog. And he was like, I just want to say I, I auditioned. I, I, tried to, I put my resume in and tried to get the job for your blogger. He goes, uh, but Sarah Schaefer beat, beat me out. And she beat me out of other jobs. He's like, I got to meet this girl. I'm like, all right, let's go meet her. So we went to the office where she is. I'm like, there she is. And she was sitting there in a Snuggie typing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, now I get it. Like, she's awesome. Right, yeah. She's real deal. She is. She's so good. Yeah, she's great. And we got them. Like, we got... We got a great mix of a lot of people. Like we have most of the writers on our staff uh, are first-time television writers because agents and managers didn't want to give us their all-stars because right. they were like, no one knew if we were going to be good or not. Unproven. Then. Yeah, right. I mean, it was, it was even hard to book the show. So they're just like, well, you can meet Larry. Uh, Larry, uh, he's a you know, he, he's never written for anything, but he really <laughs> thinks he's funny. We think he's funny. You should meet him. And it's like, all right. And then like, is there anyone that's worked on shows like? Have you met Larry? Because you really got to meet. Yeah, it's like, so then we meet, but then we, we ended up with like, gosh, now like people are having to do punch up for scripts. Uh, they're you know, getting offers to write for award shows. I mean, like, right. these guys are like the best writers in, in TV now. And it's like, they're just, they, it's just so cool that we got them and we, we were with them all together, all of us. I mean, right. together, we didn't know, we had to follow Conan O'Brien after 16 years of a, of a dude's face being on your television and you're used to that guy's face, to have a different face, it's like, it's not easy. And we did it. And I was like, and it couldn't be without all of us just like rising up and, and, and really just working hard. It was really cool. Now, are we taking questions from the audience? Yeah, let's take some questions, okay. yeah. Does anyone we, have any questions? We have a microphone, so just raise your hand, guys, and we'll come to you. All right, well, I want to thank Jason Schwartzman, too, for helping us out tonight in the blue shirt right there. Jason, thank you. Got, Appreciate uh, it. Thank you. I have a question right over here, actually, right in front. Hi, guys. I saw both of you up at Rhode Island last year, actually. You last spring and you last fall. Um, and I just wanted to know how you prepare differently for your shows that are live like that and then the shows that you do like live with you guys late night. How do we prepare? Um, 
I guess now, because of the, the whole one foot in the jam band world and one foot in the hip hop world that we have, um, I guess, you know, I mean, there's like maybe a 50% staple of stuff we have to do. Like, you, you got to do the familiar songs and the hits. And um, I usually, do, we, we allow leeway and freedom in our solos. Um, you just never know where it's going to go. So um, I'll say that we, we have a map that we follow. Um, and there's always room for at least 40% experimentation, you know. But then sometimes it's hard to, to stray away from something that's been proven. Ah, this is great. So usually uh, shows that are either in far off places, like, you know, if we're in Warsaw, Poland, um, or just a place that we're do doing a show for the first time, then um, we'll tend to really get experimental. A lot of the times um, also when we go to Tokyo, like. There's a club that we do like a, a two-week residency in. Like, we'll do one club and we'll do like 14 or 15 gigs there. Usually, that's where we plan the next year of our show out. Like, we experiment a lot there um, because that that's an environment that allows us to do it. But actually, you say in Rhode Island, that's one of my favorite. Uh, one of my yeah, it was. Oh, that night where uh, the trains got held up and uh, it was the worst night ever. But yeah, we we survived it, as you see. I do my act word for word, the same exact thing. And if I'm in Warsaw, I, there's a mistake. Uh, <laughs> my agent booked me in the wrong place. I should not be in Poland doing stand-up. Uh, yeah, whoever's We next. have one over here to the sure. right. Hey. What's up, Hey. Buddy? Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, well, um... I'm fine, too. I know I asked. <laughs> All right, awesome. So, um, I know... <laughs> that was a talk to the hand question. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, um, I asked last time at Arts and Leisure Night that about the illustrator job. I was wondering if you're, again, like, asking, like, when the internship, intern contest going to be, and also um, if you still need that illustrator. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember talking to you before, and yeah. I said, yeah, if, whatever, if you want a job in the show, yeah, just, we're easy to get a hold of. All right. Uh, we're on Twitter, we have a website, so yeah, you want to be an illustrator, like, yeah. uh, just, I just, I, I think as I talk to the bloggers and be like, and send some of your work and send your stuff. I mean, we have graphics guys. I think uh, like Edmund is probably our illustrator, closest illustrator. Okay. He just got, but sure, uh, honestly, it's still, yeah, we're, we're always really? looking for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could fire yeah. Edmund and hire you if you'd like. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You can do it, but you shouldn't have ignored him in the first place. Yeah. Now, yeah, now you're not going to do it. Thanks. <laughs> ah, he's evil. Have another question over here? Yeah. Where? Hello, Jimmy. Hello, hey, Quest. How Hello. you doing? How are you? Um, I'd like to know, Jimmy, has there ever been a celebrity that you got nervous about interviewing on your show? Yeah, for the first three months. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Uh, I know the first show was De Niro. Yeah. And that was really nerve-wracking because, you know, the first show was like everyone's parents are there, and my agent was there, and my attorney, my sister, my sister's husband, my wife, my wife's parents. Uh, people sending me balloons and flowers. It's all my office. My office looked like a, a, a hospital room. It was like... <laughs> And I was like, God, it just made me so nervous. I'm like, oh my God, this is, it's all on the line. So it's like, that's the worst thing. I don't ever go to opening night of anything. <laughs> go to like the 10th show. But that was the most nervous I've ever been. And sometimes when there's like idols of mine, like, come on, like Cheech and Chong made me nervous. Uh, when they came really? up, Steve Martin made me nervous. He made you nervous? Yeah. But the chemistry was so cool with Steve. 
I know he's good. He's good at it. But, but I was, inside, you were just like, oh, that's why it's so cold. And yeah, come play. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's so uh, cold in the, in the studio, or else I just sweat my head off. We have one over here to the right again. Hi, my name is Eileen. Hi, Quest. Hi, Jimmy. Hello. Um, this is just a statement. I just want to say, uh, it seems like you guys really developed a great friendship, and I love to see you guys interact on the show. And thanks. Uh, like, like BFFs. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. We are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about our show is like, <laughs> we work really hard, uh, but we're also very positive. And we're a pretty friendly group. Like, it's nothing but smiles. Like, it's in our office. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Because this is what I want to know. Because a lot of people, journalists always ask, like, are you still commuting from Philly? Which technically I am. But I need to know, once I do move up here, Okay, what is your daily schedule like? I get like, when do when does the alarm wake? Uh, when does the alarm wake you up? When do you press snooze? When do you really get up? Like, is your I sleep in the, I sleep in the air chamber first of all, <laughs> like next to the elephant man's bones, right. and I just just that's how I do it. It gives me the energy. I learned that from Dick Cavett himself. And uh, no, I, I get up around nine thirty. Come into the office around ten o'clock. In the morning. Wow. I'm there all day until the show goes on at 5.30, and then we end at 6.30, and then usually a quick post-mortem about what we liked or didn't like. And mm -hmm. then if we're doing a pre-tape of Real Housewives or, or any of the things we're doing, Glee or all that stuff, you know, we're there till midnight or 11 o'clock some nights. Question in the back here. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, I love you guys, like, really hard. And, um, um, <laughs> heart, she just did. I love that, yeah. <laughs> um, Jimmy, um, how is it? Oh my gosh. You couldn't even say his name without yeah. hanging out with Robert Pattinson? Oh my god, from Twilight? Uh, was you, what, yo, man, my ears were killing me. I've never heard screams like that in my life. It was leaving. like the Beatles on Sullivan, and I wasn't even born Dude, then. seriously, right? I mean, it was like t t 10 times Jonas Brothers. It's like 10 yeah, Jonas I really Brothers. Thought, yeah, I even tweeted from my set, like, I really thought the Jonas Brothers held the decibel record. Yeah, I mean, but, no, by far, he's the most famous dude that we've had on the show. And the, the, funny thing, far. the funny thing was, when we did the march out at the beginning to do the opening song, um, I usually don't look at the audience until like a minute in, just so I can warm myself and psych myself up. But once I turned to the left and looked at the audience, I counted... There was only nine men. He has nine men in the whole audience. The, I was like, yo, this is the most women ever. And even then, I was like, why is there only women in the audience? And the guys were like, we don't know. Like, having no clue that Robert held that much. He didn't even walk out at one point. I go, this next guy is a big star. <laughs> you might have known him from the movie Twilight. <laughs> he has a new movie called Remember Me, out March 12th. Like, but first, here's a sketch. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was such a good setup, though. Because none of them saw it coming. Yeah, they did see that he was. They in thought the tree. he was showing an old one, and then yeah, yeah, once yeah. he was in the sketch with you. That's always fun. I like that part when when the crowd kind of you, you do a joke that they don't quite have, like you, you you can feel them like figuring it out. That's like like pants on the ground. We did pants on the ground with Neil Young like, right. the day after American Idol, so not that many people knew about it yet in our audience. But the people that did, you heard them laugh first, and they're like, Ugh. "Oh my god." Like you could hear them whispering right. out there playing it, and it was like, yeah, and ah, that was so fun. And then it caught on. Yeah, yeah, but that no. that was the first time that I've ever had to turn the uh, the production volume off because it was it, great. It we was more of those. We love Robert Pattinson fans. Yeah. We want more of that. That was the best energy. Another one over here on the right. Really? 
Robert Patterson. Um, that's oh, I'm talking, about, talking about Governor Pattinson. Patterson. Uh, Governor Patterson's got huge. That's what I meant to talk about. Um, impressions aside, okay. what advice do you have for someone who's trying to get into stand-up comedy? Uh, do everything. Do every gig you can do. Do grocery store openings. Do anything open for bands. And if anyone tells you you're not funny, they're wrong. You're funny. I have a question in the back again. Right here. Hey. Uh, uh, thanks to you both for coming out. Um, and congratulations on the uh, one-year anniversary of the show. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks. Just one quick question. Are you with Coco? Oh, am I with Coco? Yeah. If it wasn't for Conan O'Brien, I would not have this job. Uh, he kicked ass for 16 years and made the show hang around. I mean, he changed the game. He, he was awesome. He raised the bar. He was, he's, he was my first talk show I've ever been on. So I owe that dude a lot. I love him. Uh, yeah, he was our first talk show, too. Was he really? Yeah. He's a great he guy. The, yeah. uh, I just talked to him over the weekend. And uh, yeah, his band, we, we uh, hired uh, La Bamba and them to be the uh, horn section on uh, our, our Image Awards performance. So oh, was, did you? Yeah, it was good to see those yeah. guys again. They're all cool. Yeah, we're cool. I mean, he's a funny guy. And they're and in good spirits. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they're fine. They're going to end up great. They'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be we real can't fine. say nothing, but they'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Another one right in the back for you. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. Great. Um, my question to you is, if you didn't have this career... If you didn't have this career now, what would you be doing? Both of you. Th both questions. This question is for both of you. Can you, you mean the late night talk show or comedian, musician? Yeah, everything. Could you see yourself being a postman, a lawyer? I, I wanted to be a mailman. I did. <laughs> really? Yeah, because they get to wear shorts in the summertime. <laughs> it's part of their uniform. And they drive special vehicles. Wow. Where like, the, the steering wheels on the other side. And it's just, that's like only stuff you see in England. And then they don't have a door that opens and closes. They just have like a hole like the Dukes of Hazard. You really I, wanted to be a mailman? I really did. I love mailmen. Yeah. That's I, amazing. I really did want to be a mailman. What did you do? Um, I took the postal test. My parents made me take the postal you test. You took it? Yeah, I got an 85. I got to be honest with you. Uh, they had a sale for those like postman Jeeps that you were talking about. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah, my father was like, hell no. You can't buy it. <laughs> buy it. it was on sale for five hundred bucks. I wanted a postal jeep. Even now, I drive a Scion, uh, a, a X a, a XB, very square. I love that car to death. Like it's kind of close to a postal. Yeah. So what, I, what I would you be doing if you weren't a musician? Um, probably a, a photographer, a photographer, or a t or I don't know. Being a musician now has prepped me for eventually. Becoming a teacher, like I've gotten, uh, I've gotten an offer to teach a course at Princeton on Tuesdays, but you know, we have a show. I have a day job, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't do it. But um, cool. Yeah, I'd I'd either want to be a teacher or a photographer. Do you like Questlove better or Amir better, or do you mind? When people know no know, know me, like. Then I I say just call me Amir because you know, yeah. I guess you know no, there's this unwritten law that you know you can't call a rapper by his government name, but yeah, you know I like Amir. You know it's not like do you get in a character like it's quest of a character like you're Sasha Fierce. Uh, Sasha Fierce. Yeah. No, actually, um, people ask like how'd you get your name? Um, I I didn't want a name. I wanted the the question mark symbol. <laughs> Yeah, but um, then journalists kept calling me Mark for the first three years. I'm like, why do you keep on calling me Mark? 
They're like, yeah, question mark, right? And I'm like, no. Question well, mark. I'm like, I thought I was being slick. Like, That's uh, probably the lamest rap name ever. Yeah, really. I'm question mark. And right, I'm here to say. say. <laughs> I'm the best rapper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> question a, mark. That's an oh inside joke with us. Yeah, so they kept calling me Mark. And, you know, I, I was trying to be cute and pretentious by saying, yeah, my name is. So I think in 96, Tariq's like, look, at the top of the album, you got to give yourself another name or a variation on this name. So, you know, I went through the whole, you know, acronym thing and that didn't work. So Wait, the acronym for the word question? Well, no, the thing was, it's like by, by questing the, by, universal. No, but by our, oh, really, you're going to make me reveal it? Um, <laughs> yeah, come on, what would it stand no, for? I, by our second album uh, in 94, I decided to make it easier by calling myself Brother Question, which was beat recycler of the rhythm. And they still called me Mark. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, third album, I'm gonna get it right. So I said, I'm gonna pick an old school last name. I just didn't want like Funky Fresh da da da, or, you know, every rap name has, it's dated. Cause like, you know when the Fresh Prince came out. Just like you're gonna know in 2020 when Lil Wayne came out, or Lil Kim, or Lil Mama, or like this MC is the age of Hammer, Lil. MC Light. Right. So this it's like, like different. I'm, periods. Not, I'm I'm Hammer now. Right. And I'm I not, didn't want no, that. MC was the old me. Like to me, the most cleverest name in hip hop is Keith Murray. Is this a regular <laughs> name? The dude's name, yeah. Right. Exactly. That's pretty so good. Yeah. I, I I you either rock. Ski or love. So I tried Chris Watt. Oh my God. That didn't work. That's right. Ski. Chioski love. Yeah. Right. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to be love. Like run DMC. Run love. The, the human beatbox from the Fat Boys was Buff Love. Joe Ski love. And I was like, all right, I'm just be Quest Love. So that's that's the origin of the name. Cool. But we have time for two more questions. One over here. Or two more. Okay. Um, it's still not taking off. This is kind of a political question. You may not be able to answer it, but if oh you, Lord. like, NBC is a little bit struggling. Like, if you had a chance to run the network for a day, what would you change? What would your vision be for the network? I would bring back oh? the sitcom, I think. I like the sitcom. Like Has the sitcom died? Yeah. Oh, I, I just don't watch them, maybe. <laughs> Two and a half men yeah, I've what, never seen. When's the, yeah, I was about to say, I are there commercials for was like, the kid's in the bedroom or something, and I go, oh, man. I'm always on an airplane. This is the, the funny biggest thing. show in the My world. My airplane life, I know everything about Two and a Half Men. The second I'm off the airplane, I don't know anything. But yeah. like after a long flight, like this flight to Japan, where they had like 12 episodes on it, like I'm addicted to men. Like where they switch the scenes and you hear that men. Any of them come on the show? That's their walkover. Try seeing, yeah, you should come on. Really? Oh, yeah. I have no idea about Two and I won't even snark Charlie Sheen with any other event in his life. I'm just going to... Okay, okay, that's tough. So that's oh. what I would do. What would you do? Um, I don't... Even though I'm on television, I'm such a, a computer guy that I can't even... I don't feel comfortable watching the shows that I do watch on TV anymore, even though I TiVo them. You like to watch them on your laptop? I love to watch it. Like, I'll watch, I need to watch 30 Rock on my laptop. Yeah, on... I see you with Family Guy or something now. Did, do you watch Family Guy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, all my shows have to be on a computer now, so I don't, I don't know if I'm the right guy to, to answer that. You I, maybe I, just make the screen smaller. 
Everyone exactly. make television smaller. All right. And have a fold-out keyboard. <laughs> we have our last question over here on the right. Sure. Hi, guys. I just wanted to ask you, we were at your show on Monday when you had Robert Pattinson on, and we saw... <sighs> Don't say his name. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. And uh, we saw your Rob is Bothered videos, which are great. What gave you the idea to come up with that concept of doing the Rob is Bothered videos? We have a great writer, Amy Olzos, who wrote, writes those, and she wrote this... Uh, it, was, it was when Harry Potter was coming out. With the, uh, what was the last Harry Potter one? I forget, but that was coming. Death Which one? Half-Blood Prince. Prince, yeah. So that was coming out, and uh, so I, I was doing like a YouTube, uh, like a, um, what do you call that? Like a call and response video with Robert Pattinson. So I was like, uh, being Rob, I was doing a Harry Potter, uh, Daniel Radcliffe going, no one likes Twilight anyway. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, like, Stupidicus, or whatever, you know, I was on, like, uh, I mean, the guy, you know, uh, who likes vampires, I could do wizardry stuff, you know, and I had, like, a thing, and then I did Robert Pattinson responding, going, like, are you kidding me? You ride on a broomstick. I mean, how stupid is that? I sparkle in the sunlight. Hello. Game over, you know, it's like, so, and it's not even an impression, really, of Robert Pattinson. It almost sounds like Gordon Ramsay at one point. It's like, donkey! You call this risotto? Get the fuck out of here! You know? That's kind of what he does. So I kind of do that. So that's so we did that, and people just like that picked up, and that went a little viral. And then we just did Robert is bothered again, but he was just because we were, we were mad at those Snickers ads, just us in the office, like Snacksy. Do you remember those things? Yo, or, I, when you asked that, I wanted to. I had, who came up with that? How does that dude get paid to write? Because it's, it's like, everywhere. It's like just. Everywhere. Speed that. Did you did you watch the, you watch the Grammys? Yeah. What did you think of the Michael Jackson tribute? That was good. Here's my thing. I was so here. I was upset. I'll tell you why. Because I was, was like, right. was, say you're the guy in the room. You're like, I got it, you guys. I booked the song. I got uh, the Grammys. I got the tribute to Michael Jackson. We can pick any song in the whole wide world. Michael Jackson did any of the great ones. I got it. I got it before. It, Earth song. Earth song is good. It's like, whoa, do you want to discuss this? Nope, I got to catch a train. Earth song, we got it. We cleared it. That's the, that's the song. It's like, hey, okay, and then half of it's in 3D. We don't tell anybody. Okay, good. All right, that's it. It's like, wait, we don't want to talk about it? I know why they did it. Because it would be absolutely impossible to duplicate what he's really known for. That's why I said it was all right. Because I actually believe, I breathed a sigh of relief. Because I was like, oh, God. Something embarrassing is going to happen, and oh, yeah, don't Chris, Chris Brown's about to come through the thing, and da 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 da. And when they picked a song that you wouldn't normally pick, then I was like, all right, whew, I, it won't be embarrassing. Like I didn't want to watch, you know, somebody trying to attempt the moonwalk, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I, Buzz Aldrin's going to do it on Dance right. with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the most awkward moments I would say, or not awkward, but. Um, poignant moments, uh, I think, so far of our relationship was the night Michael Jackson died. Oh, Because we were, we, were, we were taping the show. And Tiger was on the show, and yeah, that, that, hit, that hit me like a, a ton of Brits. Because... Um, it was rumors on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, it was rumored on Twitter, and um, I was more concerned with... I, I, well, you didn't know this. Uh, there was a, a publishing faux pas with the welcome music that we have for Tiger Woods. And it was about a minute before he was coming on. I had to think real quick, all right, what song can I do? What song can I do? So I'm like looking up on YouTube with like 45 seconds left trying to teach the band uh, what his eventual walk-on song was. And 
all of a sudden, uh, our production manager comes up and says, oh, man, Michael Jackson died. And walked away. I'm just like, just like we were playing and it just... I remember we just stopped, like you dropped the sticks, and I looked at you. I'm like, I died. Yeah, that that really hit me hard. Because we we heard rumor right before we go on, and I go, well, we have to make sure it's official because we we're gonna say something, but I don't, don't want to be the guy going like, "Hey, this is so sad," and then everyone's like, like, "Oh, it turns out it was just yeah, he's a hoax, sir." Yeah, yeah, and so well, because TMZ was the initial source, and yeah, nobody wanted to believe it until you went with CNN or something. I don't know what. Yeah, so it's like we just so I remember we did the whole show. We I think we right before Tiger, yeah. He came out. Right before he came out. Uh, I was like, because we were just doing the show, like, we don't know. I, I don't know if it's official. And then I looked at you, and you're just like, you stopped playing. I was like, oh, man, it was just like, yeah, that sucked. And we great. had to do the show and just be funny and just like, and then we did a tribute to him, which was awesome. Was that the next night? How do you do that? Like, how do you, because it's a comedy show. Like, I, I wondered that night, like, what would have happened if, you know, like, I'm wondering about Dave hosting the show after 911, like, just like, Key moments that are obviously downer for America, and the fact that you still have to go out there and yeah, put a face on and be funny. Like how? how? Well, I think that's like the thing. That's I think that's exactly what like that's what we do best. I think is that no matter what, at twelve thirty at night, you could turn on NBC, and we're gonna put a show on and make you feel good, right. and then you go to sleep. Yeah, you know, and that's our goal, and that's what we're gonna always do. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Not yet, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> so that's it, Brian, right? That's it. We guys kept you guys long enough. Now you guys got stuff to do, party down, all that stuff. So, will we get iPads for this? I think we do. We got iPads. We got to put it in there because, come on, dude. Very good. Thanks, Suzanne. All right, cool. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Fallon and Quest Love. <laughs>